Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Good morning, Horizon Church. Good morning to those joining us online, to our Princeton families. I heard you got a lot of snow last night, so bless you. You could send a little bit our way. I wouldn't mind a little bit of snow. You know, like the snow, though, that that doesn't get wet and soggy after, like what we get down here, like real snow. So I don't know. I'm, I'm praying. I see little snowflakes potentially for Christmas Day, so that is bringing me joy this morning. <laughs> so... How are we already at week four of Advent? Like, is it just me or does it seem like December just kind of went by on warp speed? Is there anybody else out there that's feeling that this morning? Okay, there's a few of you. If you're online and you feel like Christmas is like here before you're ready, just put your hand up in the chat. I am nowhere near ready. Okay, let's see. Who are the people that are ready for Christmas? Put your hand up. Okay, that was a really quick hand over there. This whole row over here is doing well. Over here, I think I saw some hands. What about this side of the room? Okay, there's a few of you. Okay, I actually feel better (laughs) because not every hand went up. I have not done my Christmas baking. Sorry, kids. I hope you don't have high hopes because they're married. They can make the Christmas treats. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, no Christmas baking has been done. Gifts still need to be bought and wrapped. Okay. Everybody in the room who's not ready, just deep breath. Okay. We can do this. But seriously, six more sleeps. Six more sleeps till Christmas. Oh my goodness. It's just, okay. It's just flying by. But we are walking through Advent. As I said, this is the fourth Sunday of Advent. Last Sunday, Pastor Daniel did an amazing job talking about what true joy looks like. And if you missed last week, I want to encourage you, it's online. Uh, Just go and listen. And two weeks before that, Pastor Craig walked us through. uh, uh, First week of Advent was hope. The second week of Advent was on peace. And I forget which one of them it said it. It might have been Craig. Um, But Advent, the definition of Advent is arrival. And I love that we're taking time every Sunday in December for four weeks to pause and think about the arrival of the birth of our Savior. So if you haven't yet, go back and listen to each one. If you're feeling in that rush and the anxiety of, oh my gosh, it's six more sleeps till Christmas, just take, take an hour each, each day this week and pause to reflect on the hope of Christmas, on the peace of Christmas, on the joy of Christmas. But this week we're looking at love, week four in our Advent series. And love is an interesting subject your definition or expectation of love can be drastically different depending on your experience. Love can be a beautiful story of the ups and the downs in a marriage relationship. It can be a painful reminder of loss. When you hear the word love, it could um, bring feelings of betrayal or happiness or joy. Or maybe for you, love is just about a feeling. For others, You only offer love if you deem them worthy of it. The definition of love can be so radically different. Love can be, when we use the word love, how do we love our shoes and love our children with the same measure? Okay, well, I do get that one. (laughs) Just saying. 
Okay, I do understand that one. But we use that word love and it can mean so much, but yet it's the same simple word. My husband's love language, for those of you who've heard me speak before, his main love language is acts of service. He was trying so hard to show me his love language this morning when he was went out early. We don't have a garage anymore, so he started the car, getting the ice off of it. And just as I walked up to the door of the car, he went to clean the windshields and sprayed me full on in the face with windshield wiper fluid. So my red eyes this morning <laughs> are not based on lack of sleep. It was my husband trying so hard to show me his love. But I can say it works well as um, a makeup setter because I ran back inside trying to see and I'm like, oh, it's still all there, okay. So I don't recommend it though. It was a little bit painful, but love can be expressed in so many ways. Maybe you're that mom out there that at Christmas time, it's all about getting the family photo that everybody else in the family dreads. Right, grandma? Like, we, mom, we just got up, our hair's a mess, we haven't eaten, brushed our teeth or done anything and you want us to gather around the tree and look beautiful? Or you've just sat down to dinner and mom brings out the camera. You're like, mom, the turkeys get cold. But there's so many expressions of love and so many different ways to capture it. But thankfully, that's not how Jesus demonstrated his love for us. Love is a wonderful thing. It's a word that gets tossed out too much, but at the same time, not enough. One simple word, so many deep feelings. I loved the meal I had last night. And you love your spouse. How do those equate? Okay, I do love you. I love you more than the meal I ate last night. Yes, Jesus. Okay, according to Webster... If you're looking for a definition of love, there's actually several different definitions and meanings of love. It does have different layers. Um, Merriam-Webster, similar to what C.S. Lewis noted in his book, The Four Loves, the word love has multiple contexts and meanings. It can mean strong affection for another, rising out of a, a kinship or a personal tie, kind of like the love you would have for a child. It can be an attraction based on sexual desire and affection and tenderness that's felt by lovers. Love can also mean um, affection based on admiration or a common interest like you'd have with a close friend or a schoolmate. But the biblical definition of love is sacrificial. A love that gives first and expects nothing in return. Biblical love is sacrificial. It gives first, expecting nothing in return. And Jesus showed us so powerfully this love. Biblical love grants believers a peace that surpasses all understanding, which only can come from Christ. Do you need more peace? Are you feeling restless and anxious in this season? Instead of pursuing peace, when you pursue Jesus and his love, that's what brings the perfect peace. God's love is such a gift. At the end of the day, we only can know what love actually looks like because Christ set the ultimate example for us of what love was. In 1 John 4, 7 to 9, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. 
But anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. At his very core, at the essence of who he is, is love. It's not what he does. It's not what he spends his time doing. It's who he is. Every action God takes part in is motivated and sustained by love. First John tells us that the very reason that God came in the form of Jesus was because of his great love for us. The reason that we can even possibly define or understand it is because God displayed what love looked like. Love is deeply personal and it's hard to define. And we don't always fully understand what we're looking at, but we do know it when we see it. Probably one of my favorite verses in all or chapters in the entire Bible since I was a young girl um, is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, appropriately titled the love chapter. But we're just gonna look at verses four to eight today. And when I was preparing, this just, it just hit me so heavy this week. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. Love does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages are special and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Another version says love never fails. I think we need to look at that again in a moment here because right about now you may be thinking and listening for someone else. But I want each of us to be listening for what God might be wanting to say to us because if you got nothing else out of this morning except what 1 Corinthians 13 talks about here, I will feel like you heard what the message God had for you today. If we just approached our life our relationships, our friendships, our marriage, if we approached how we did life with this filter in front of us, we would look different. I would look different. I would behave differently. My relationships around me would be better because if I actually hit the pause button and I wasn't listening for somebody else and thinking, well, my husband isn't patient. And he has not been kind. He sprayed me in the face with windshield washer fluid this morning. I'm not keeping a record of wrong. But if I'm the one that's looking at everyone else around me and saying, you're rude, you're proud, you're boastful, and I'm missing out on the fact that God might be wanting to speak to me this morning, am I showing love? Do my actions actually reflect love? This is such a great filter. Just take a moment and as you, I would love it this week if you went home and you wrote down 1 Corinthians 13 and you paused and spent some time with Jesus and said, Jesus, do my reflection, do, do, remind me, have I been patient? God, am I being rude? Am I being irritable? Is there hope in my life? 
and put everything through that filter, I think we would be much happier and we would feel that there was a much, we just would be way more hopeful and things could actually change around us if we applied 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. If you're wondering why you may not be feeling love, maybe go back to 1 Corinthians 13. Maybe in this season, you're just feeling so dead, emotionally dead, exhausted, tired, anxious. And can I tell you this? Someone's got to go first. So if it's your friendships that you're not feeling love, who's going to make a difference? It could be you. In your marriage, if you're waiting until the other person is more thoughtful and more kind, maybe you're the one that needs to take the bold, courageous step and begin to express your love more powerfully through the eyes of scripture. So don't wait. Don't hold back. Step into it. Be bold. Be courageous. Be the one that actually expresses love as God showed it. And how did Jesus model love for us? How did he show his love for his disciples and for you and I? We'll look at 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Isn't the Bible so practical, so applicable? So Jesus is going to tell us simply how we can show love for one another. Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Okay, so it's pretty easy then. So if I'm ever in a situation where Craig and I, or maybe me, one of my kids and, and I were like out, and there's a guy suddenly in front of us with a gun, all I have to do is throw myself in front of the shooter, and that is me laying my life down for my friends. That would be just so simple. But actually, it goes a little deeper than that. Because what, it, what Jesus is trying to say here is that if we love someone else, we will trade what we want and what we need for what they want and what they need. That's what laying your life down for someone else looks like. When I lay aside my rights and my demands and what I think is the best, and I actually look to see what I can do for them that would be best for them. If it was simply about choosing, if it was simply about um, throw myself in front of an attacker to lay my life down, should that happen? That would be so easy. But God doesn't always ask for us what's, ask of us what is easy. When he says he wants us to be like him, He's asking, even though it's something difficult for some of us. But at the bottom of, at the end of the day, at, at, when you lay that all down, love is a choice. There are many who think that love is this amazing feeling that you stumble into and then ultimately maybe fall out of. And it can be that. But as many of you know from experience, it is so much more than that. It is a very real, love is a very difficult choice that you make every day in every relationship that you have. There was a time in our marriage, we'd been married probably about seven years, eight years. Um, we just had our third daughter, Elena, and we were coming into Christmas. She was born in November and I love Christmas. Anyone who knows me knows I love Christmas. I love the lights. I love the trees. I love the presents. I love the food, time with family. I love the gifts. I love it all. And we were coming into Christmas, and I realized I had no joy. 
I was not happy. I did not feel anything inside me. There were no feelings of joy or excitement for Christmas. And that should have tipped me off that there was something going on more than just being tired because you just had your third child and a C-section and you're just exhausted. What I didn't realize until probably about eight months later was that I actually had postpartum and I had no idea because I'd never had it before. And it began to show up and it was an extended period of time. And fast forward to February, um, I really began to realize that love is a choice. When I'm standing in the store and I'm looking at all the cards and all the greetings and I'm trying to find something for Craig for Valentine's Day. And as I'm reading the sentiments in the cards, I realized I can't buy him any of these because I would feel like I was lying because all of the sentiments of how much I loved and appreciated someone, I didn't feel any of those. And I felt like if I buy this, I'm just, I'm perpetrating a lie. So if I only based love on feelings in that moment, our marriage would have been done. We were distant. He was working a ton, um, trying to support our family in that season. He didn't want to be home. I didn't want to be home. We didn't want to be together. We weren't fighting and arguing. It was just this cold drift. And if I went by my feelings alone and I'm a feeler, that would have been it. It would have been over. But if I had have let go in that moment, I would have missed out on how powerful choosing love is. We will be married for 30 years this July. And I only say that to say that there were days where there were hard decisions. And I want to encourage you this morning that if you find yourself in that place right now and you're not feeling joy, you're not feeling excitement about your friendships or your relationship with your kids or your relationship with your spouse, can I encourage you this morning to dig deep and to choose that you're not going to go by the feelings that you may be experiencing in this moment, but you would, as Liza said in prayer this morning, you would turn your eyes to the one who showed us and exhibited what true love looks like. Would you look to him this morning and say, God, I'm not feeling it. But Father, help me to choose in this moment so that I can know and experience what the true, deep love looks like. Aren't we so unbelievably thankful that God chose, that Jesus chose to humble himself to take on the role of a servant and to sacrifice his life on the cross for you and I. If not for the loving sacrifice of our heavenly father, where would we be today? It was such a great reminder, even as I was preparing this week and reading, I'm gonna read it next, John 3, 16. So many of us have that verse memorized. You learn it in Sunday school. It's the verse that just, we hinge everything on. It's what Christmas is about. It's why Jesus came. But how many of us know it by heart, but haven't let it impact our heart for a long time? For God so loved the world. He so loved each and every one of us in our dirty, miserable situations. He so loved us that he gave his only son that whoever believed in him would not perish would not perish. He gave his life willingly for you and I, even though some days we can be the most rotten person there is. 
but he gave his life willingly so that we would have the hope of the future of eternal life with him. Do you think it was easy? Do you think it was easy for God to send his son to a world that by and large didn't even know who he was? Was it easy for Jesus to love the very people that hung him on the cross? You and I. Love is not easy. If we believe that lie that love is easy, you're going to miss out on so much. It's not always easy to love your spouse, especially when they shoot you in the face with cleaning fluid. I'm going to let it go. (laughs) You won't always feel it. You think before you have children, I am going to love my kids. Having kids is going to be amazing. It's going to be so easy to love them because they will be my children. Can I tell you, there are days you will not love your children. You'll be like, what are you doing in my home? It's not easy. What about your friends? What about your enemies? Has anyone tried that lately? Actually showing love to those that have hurt you. It's not easy. But if love was easy, then the world would look a lot different. It's not something you stumble into and fall out of. It takes genuine focused effort to love others. And you know what? It's what Jesus asks of each one of us. Because he loved us first. We love not after we deserve it, but we love because Jesus showed us how. Our Savior set the example and all that he is asking is that we follow his lead. He's not asking us to go somewhere that he hasn't been. For as much as we all love John 3.16, it's actually worthy to note um, verse 17 because it powerfully talks about the love of God. John 3.17, the very next verse, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Jesus didn't bring condemnation. Jesus did not bring anger. He didn't bring judgment. Jesus came to bring redemption. And he did that through love. In Romans 8.38, sorry, 8.38, I love this verse. And again, Liza referred to it this morning. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Not death, not life, not angels, not demons, not our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. Nothing. There's nothing, literally nothing. Paul, who wrote this, he had been shipwrecked. He had been imprisoned. He'd been betrayed. He'd been stoned. He'd been beaten. He'd lost relationships, many of them because of Jesus and his relationship with Jesus. And yet at the end of it all, what does Paul write? There is nothing, not a single thing that can separate me from God's love. Nothing. And for some of us this morning, maybe you've got something that's actually you're believing is separating you from God's love. What is your something this morning for Paul? It was angels and the demonic that that could have potentially separated him. Maybe for you this morning, it's that broken relationship. 
Or maybe you're, you've lost your job and it just feels like there's no way God could love you because if he loved you, you would be able to be working and your relationships would be going great. But those are not the determining factor of what love is or what God is because he is love. So this morning, maybe you need to take your something and turn it into a nothing and just look again to your heavenly father and say, God, I'm giving you whatever the enemy is using to lie to you in your mind and in your heart. Whatever he's telling you, this has actually separated you from God. Whatever that lie might be, I want to encourage you this morning to let it go and turn it over to him and just begin to repeat to yourself, nothing can separate me from the love of God. As we draw close to Christmas, six more sleeps, five more days for you to show up, honey. Some of you got that. As we draw near to Christmas, I want to ask you today, what has God redeemed in your life? Where have you seen the fullness of Christ's love this year? Where have you experienced hope this year? Where have you experienced peace this year? How about hope? Joy? Where have you experienced those this year? For some of you, there's probably immediately pictures came to your mind and you thought, oh man, I totally felt love in this memory or in this situation. And if that was the case for you, I am so happy for you and I'm so thankful to the Lord. I think maybe of us though this morning would actually have a hard time thinking of where we've seen the redemption of God in our life this year. I know it's been a hard year for a lot of people. I've talked to so many people actually just in the last couple weeks that have said to me, Shanda, I am so tired. I have no joy about Christmas. It's just this thing that's coming and happening and I'm kind of along for the ride, but I'm not feeling the excitement and the happiness and the joy for Christmas. I know that was the same for me. I was having a hard time getting excited about Christmas because it was just like, boom, all of a sudden it's here. And then I, we actually, this week, I had a couple moments and I thought, oh. on Thursday, we gave away the 600 gifts that you helped provide for our George Vanier Adopted School. And it was, there were so many moments of joy in that experience. We're there with our masks on and our Christmas sweaters and our Santa hats and we're standing around in a cold gym. But when those little kids came through that door and they saw the wall of gifts behind us, the joy and the expectation on their faces were so powerful. This one little girl came up to Craig and she said, she said, I've missed you. She said, I've been here at the school and every year since I started, you've brought Christmas gifts and I've missed you so much. For a person in grade three, two years is a long time. It's been a long time since she saw us, but it was so great. And I went home that day and I realized, I actually feel happy. I feel some joy. And you know what I realized was that it came as Liza said this morning, from when I took my eyes off of myself. 
when I began to, to serve and to volunteer and to do something with my day that was beyond myself, I felt that love and that joy begin to percolate. And then on Saturday, thank you to everyone who came and helped. We had over 100 people in here yesterday packing hampers. We loaded them all up and they were delivered and given out. And Craig, you're welcome. Craig and I had the opportunity to deliver one of the hampers yesterday. And we, we got to this home and this family. Um, they've only been in Canada. They're a family from Afghanistan. They literally fled for their lives just as the Taliban were coming in the end of August. They came with nothing. And yet we got to the door and they said, would you please come in? Would you please come in and have tea with us? So we went in, there was four kids and they're looking at the gifts and boxes and boxes of food. We went into their home and sat down and began to hear a little bit of their story. They said, one of the things that sticks out to them the most about being in Canada is that everyone is so happy. They said, everywhere we look, people are smiling and people smile at us. They said, when, we're in, when we were in Afghanistan, everyone was serious and sad. He said, everybody walked around like that. He said, it actually helps us to feel more joyful because we can see people and how happy they are. What a gift. Craig and I left and I was, I, I was tears streaming down my face with these children, it's their first Christmas. They've never celebrated Christmas before. One little girl, Craig started handing the gifts out and her eyes are getting bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden we realized the three and a half year old's opening her presents in the living room. Cause she's like, what is this? They're a Muslim family, they don't celebrate Christmas. But it was once again, when, you, when I stepped out of just being caught up in the busyness of the season, in getting the baking done, finding the perfect gift, getting all the stocking stuffers done. And I took a step away for a moment and I fixed my eyes on Jesus. I began to experience that joy and that expectation. Katie, if you can come up, please. So if you're finding that you're in that place where you have no expectation and you're not excited about Christmas, it's my prayer today that you will begin to look at the love of God. This could be the moment that you decide to follow the lead of Christ, to love others by giving your life, your time, your talent, doing something beyond yourself. Or this could be the time that you accept God's love for yourself personally. Maybe this morning as I've been talking about a God who is all about love, you've never experienced that before. You could make the decision today, it could be for the very first time, and ask God to come into your life. And if you do, you will experience and know what his love is about. Or this could be the first opportunity that you share God's love with someone else. Maybe there's a neighbor or someone around you or someone in your family who doesn't know who God is. The Christmas season tends to have people focusing and thinking more about spiritual things. You could have an opportunity this year to share with someone what God's love looks like. The redemptive love of Christ is not something that's meant to be kept to ourselves. It's something that we can share with as many people as we can for as long as we can. If you're in the room, if you could stand with me this morning.
We're just about ready to close. Romans 8.28, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Not death, nor life, not angels or demons, not our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the power of hell itself can separate us from God's love. If you wanna bow your heads, just to give privacy to those in the room. If you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus to be the leader of your life, I would love to pray for you. You can go ahead and just slip your hand up real quick around the room, if that's you. If you're joining us online, whether it's today, Sunday, or it's later in the week, and that's you, please let us know that you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. And just, you can message us on, on whatever platform you're watching this and we will get back to you and we will have someone pray with you. But I just wanna pray for each and every one of us this morning before we go. It's my prayer that you'll take some time this week, that you'll ask the Lord, even if you just take five minutes with a journal, and just sit down and ask the Lord to remind you of those moments, even if it's been a hard year. I know there has to be some. Ask the Lord to remind you. Lord, show me where your redemptive love has been at work in my life this year. Remind me of those moments. Father, I just thank you for the gift of love. Father, I thank you that you are not asking anything of us that you have not yourself already stepped into. Father, thank you for showing us so powerfully through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus, what love looks like. A love that lays down its life for its friends and family. A love that denies itself and takes up its cross. A love that thinks more of what others need than what we need ourselves. Father, I pray that as we approach the last few days and we arrive at Christmas and the birth of your son, Father, that you would show each and every one of us this morning what your love looks like. Father, remind us of those moments where you have been at work that we may be aware of and we may not even be aware of. Father, show us those moments this year where we have seen the redemptive example of what love truly looks like. And Lord, I pray that as we go into Christmas and we prepare for 2022, the new year that's coming, Father, that each one of us would take a moment and just read through and pray through 1 Corinthians 13. Lord, that we would ask that our eyes would be open, that you would show each one of us individually where we need to take a pause and show the love of Jesus the best that we can. God, you are so good. You are so faithful. Father, thank you that you show your love for us every moment of every day in everything that you do. We're so grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.